For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Kane's Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Well, after winning four straight games, the Carolina Hurricanes returned home after a successful three-game road trip, and they fell to the Philadelphia Flyers by the score of 5-3. to three. This was not a game where Carolina really, I thought, was ever really the better team. You can get fooled by possession metrics a lot, and this game is one clearly that fools a lot of people if you just looked at things like naturalstattrick.com. We'll talk about a lot of things. You'll hear from Tavo Teravainen and Lucas Walmark, and we'll take a couple of Twitter uh, Twitter questions uh, just at random uh, as uh, as a result of what happened, which is a 5-3 loss. Just not there tonight, in my opinion. Uh, really not good ever in the game. Good at, in stretches, but they just were, uh, even when they were good, they weren't, I mean, it wasn't like, Oh, wow, okay, that's the way it's supposed to look. Uh, and the truth is, is that Philadelphia's best players were their best players. Their best line was their top trio. Claude Giroux, uh, Thomas Konechny, the rookie, Morgan Frost, who's played two NHL games, has two goals and three total points. Uh, really dynamite, I thought, uh, tonight. Carolina's best line, Jordan Martinook uh, and Brock McGinn, really. And then in the third period, although I think it was late in the second period, Lucas Walmark was, I, I'd like to say, bumped up to them because I really think what happened was was Martinook and McGinn were bumped up to where Walmart is, uh, and there was a lot of players tonight for Carolina who were either okay at best or not very good, and we're not going to highlight all of them uh, because, hey, you know what? It's, uh, it's late. But too many, too many mistakes really cost Carolina, even when they got off to a good start. I mean, 2 nothing lead, less than five minutes in. Sebastian Ajo, Tevo, Teravine, and boom, boom. Uh, Brian Elliott, who got the start for Philadelphia tonight, Really could have stopped both goals. Probably should have stopped the Teravon and power play goal from uh, above the right dot. I mean, a clean look at it. Uh, and it was a good shot, but I don't think it was like, holy cow. Um, and it was 2 nothing Carolina, but really, they I didn't I didn't think Carolina was playing all that well uh, in spite of being up 2 nothing. And then after some, and by the way, this game was officiated very weirdly. Uh, there were some strange calls. A face-off violation, I don't think Rod Brindamore liked, uh, that put, uh, was a Warren Fogle penalty. He was in the face-off circle. Uh, Ryan Dezingle served it. Uh, and then Philly picked up a penalty. All of a sudden, we're four on four, and that's where the mistakes started to happen. Uh, Thomas Konechny has the puck. Uh, he's being chased by Trevor Van Riemsdyk, uh, who I think is starting to come around and play better. Um, and Peter Morazic went to uh, deal with Konechny, who he thought was coming out the other side from behind the goal, and it was just a little drop pass and a beautiful pass 
and Claude Giroux was really alone on the doorstep and finished it before Mrazek realized that Konechny no longer had a, had the puck. Uh, but really, if you went to and if you watched the uh, the replay on this, you got to wonder what Jake Gardner was doing. Jake Gardner was just kind of lackadaisical. Uh, he had Giroux. He was in position, and he just stopped moving his feet. And Giroux suddenly, alone, right there, taps it in. Uh, and we're going to get to Gardner in, uh, in a little bit, but uh, Jake is really, really struggling of late. And this was another indication that Gardner, uh, whether, whether he's dealing with an injury or, or something, uh, because Jake just has not been good. So it's 2-1. You don't have momentum because you're not really playing well, but you got, you got the lead. It's 2-0, and all of a sudden you give up a bad 4-on-4 four four goal. First 4-on-4 four four goal Carolina had allowed all year. Uh, and then, a little bit later, Philly's on the power play. Uh, Ivan Provorov, Provorov with a shot from just inside the blue line. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk, really good screen in front of Mrazek. I thought, uh, didn't get a chance to talk to Peter after the game, uh, but I thought that it was a good screen. I don't think he ever really saw it, uh, and it's 2-2. Frankly, that's, what, that's the best Carolina deserved in the first period. I thought Philadelphia was clearly the better team. Uh, then we get to the second period. Uh, Canes early on get a power play. Power play wasn't great, wasn't terrible, but didn't produce uh, this time. Uh, and then Mrazek comes out to play the puck, and he's trying to make a play, and it's late in the power play. He's trying to make a play up the ice and give them another chance, and he iced the puck. So Carolina's got a few seconds to kill, not, not to kill, well, as it turns out, I guess they did. Uh, a few seconds left in the power play. Tavo Teravine in the circle. Uh, he loses a clean draw to Claude Giroux. Uh, puck goes right to Morgan Frost, who just ripped it past Mrazek. This is the goal, I think, of the night that he wants back because uh, I just don't think Peter was ready. I don't think Peter was ready off the faceoff anyway. Uh, it's 3-2 Philadelphia. Carolina had 19 shots on goal in the second period. Uh, but I, I, I'm scratching my head to figure out if they had any great scoring chances. Again, go to naturalstattrick.com. Tons of high danger. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, there were some chances. I'm not saying you don't get 19 shots on goal and have no chances to score. Uh, but I didn't think it was amazing. Um I thought the Canes' best period was probably the third period. And they got off to a good start in the third. Lucas Walmark takes a great feed from Brock McGinn. Uh, it's about three and a half minutes into the third, and it's 3-3. And you thought, okay, and here comes the push. And you see Carolina pushing. Um, but then ultimately, midway through the period, I mean, this, this is not as much a mistake as it was in just an unfortunate break. Uh, Konechny's got the puck behind the net. Tara Vinen is hounding him. Uh, Konechny does a little spin. All of a sudden, Joel Edmondson and Tavo Tara Vinen kind of like tang get tangled up. Edmondson goes down. Tara Vinen loses his balance. Konechny skates behind the net with the puck, gives it to Frost. Uh, basically, uh, you know, just to the left of the goal, he slides it across to Claude Giroux. Brett Pesci's there with two players to deal with. He had Frost, who had the puck. Giroux, who didn't and really played neither of them, uh, you got to pick one. So uh, I know Brett wants that whole sequence back. Uh, he's been so good, so he's going to make a mistake here and there. And I'm not even sure it was a mistake other than, I mean, you're basically on top of the crease with two guys to deal with, 
it's really difficult. And then the pass across, and Giroux just finished it off. Claude Giroux, four points tonight. Uh, that line was tremendous. Uh, Giroux, Konechny, and uh, Frost combined for nine points, and it was the difference uh, in the game. Uh, so there you go. I mean, that's how, that's the anatomy of it. Uh, Kevin Hayes finished it off with an empty netter, uh, you know, with like 10 seconds, a little less than 10 seconds left. It was pretty nice. It was about from 185 feet all the way down the other end of the ice. But uh, that was it. We'll give you a couple of more things in a little bit regarding, uh, we'll get you to the locker room, let you hear from uh, Tavo Teravainen uh, and Lucas Walmark, and we'll give you some numbers in a sec. All right, let's go down to the Hurricanes locker room. Uh, Teravainen, I think when you when you listen to what Teravainen says toward the end of this, uh, you'll see something that we'll talk about before we close up shop. They're a pretty good team. team. Uh, we didn't play our best today. Uh, it's kind of tough. Uh, we just gave gave them two points, I guess. Uh, we made every guy be better. I, I wasn't good. I feel like I lost a face-off. I lost one, one-on-one battle, and... That's a couple of goals, so we just can't let them have uh, easy ones. What happened on that uh, last goal? Just you and Joel just collided behind the net. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, my guy spin, spin away, and I fell somehow. So, uh, and it's easy goal. Is it more difficult because Philadelphia is just some for some reason has given you guys trouble this year? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Somehow we'll. We keep finding ways to lose lose them, and uh, it's never never fun. So just uh, gotta be better and find a way. Uh, we'll get next game on when Saturday. Just keep focusing on that game. You guys had it got off to a good start, two two nothing lead. What what changed from that point? I don't know. Uh, they got some power plays. They got some skill. Uh, I think first period we played a lot in our end. Uh, we couldn't get pucks out. We were kind of soft. Um, I don't know. We, we gave them too much time, I guess. There's no question that they gave them too much time, especially that top line. And uh, that's, I mean, your best players have to be your best players. And, uh, you know, it was funny. I was on with Alec during the uh, first intermission, and we started, we, t- we were talking a lot about Tavo Teravainen. Um, if you stacked up his season, this is game 22. I would argue this is the first game that didn't meet Ter- Tevo Teravainen's standards. I mean, he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think Te- Turbo was, for the most part, pretty good. But for the first time, really, that I can recall this year, he made some mistakes that cost him. Lost the faceoff to Giroux on the Morgan Frost goal. Uh, he got tangled up with uh, Edmondson. And look, Travis Konechny is an outstanding player. Uh, and uh, Teravine, it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, so a couple of mistakes and uh, suddenly you end up uh, you end up losing. And uh, Carolina needs to figure that out. Um, you know, can't just be, can't just rely on Tavo Teravine by himself every night. Uh, Eric Hall is out for a while. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Uh, Lucas Walmark has uh, been the beneficiary of a lot of that ice time. Uh, and I think for the uh, second straight game, Lucas Walmark played pretty well. Um, and ultimately, uh, he combined with McGinn and Jordan Martinuk for, although I don't think Martinuk fin- uh, figured on the score sheet, uh, but McGinn, Martinuk, and Walmark were very effective in the third period. And uh, about three and a half minutes in, Lucas brought him even. Let's uh, let's hear from Lucas. 
you guys certainly had your chances late in the game. Go like the goalie just sort of found it at some point. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we uh, we had our chances, but still, I think we gave gave away a couple goals tonight, and uh, uh, in this league, you can't do that. What happened in the first period? You guys got off to a good start, and then it just kind of went away. Yeah, like I said, we we took um, yeah, we were off a little bit there, and um, yeah, we, we gave them two goals there, and and uh, that's that's not good enough. Is it hard to get in a flow when there's so many penalties, so many? Different, you know, situations four on four, power play, shorthanded. Yeah, I mean, those guys who, who doesn't play uh, special teams, uh, it, it's hard for them. But uh, I think it's no no excuses. We have we have to. I think we have to have a uh, follow up. We had a good start, but we have to follow up. That seemed like you, uh, Marty, and Brock built a little chemistry, especially in the third period. Yeah, uh, we've been playing with each other a lot, uh, and uh, we were yeah we. Simple game, but we're trying to, to, to play hard, and uh, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, nice to get a goal. But uh, um, when we don't win, it's, it's nothing. What was Philadelphia? What is Philadelphia? What makes them difficult to play against? They have they have a good team. They and they uh, working hard out there, and uh, we know that before uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tight game, and we the team who who, who does does it the right is gonna win, and they did it better than us tonight. That's Lucas Walmark in the Canes locker room after the game. A couple of things that we'll get to, uh, and then we will uh, jump out of here. Uh, with a loss to Philly, the second loss to Philly this year, Carolina's now 2-5-1 and one in the Metropolitan Division. 2-5-1. and one. They won their first two games. Beat Washington, remember that? Beat the Islanders, remember that? They're 2-0 and oh in the Metro. Things are looking good uh, since then. Two losses to Philly, uh, a loss and an overtime loss to Columbus, a loss to the Devils, loss to the Rangers, 2-5-1 and one in the division. Here is a troubling trend. Uh, this is game 22, so I'm going to do the math here. In the first 13 games, Carolina allowed four third-period goals, just four goals in the third period. Over the last nine games, Carolina has allowed 15 in the third period. Uh, obviously, there was an empty netter tonight, and there are some of one or I think one of those others has been an empty netter, maybe two, but still, that's an alarming problem uh, to allow that kind of uh, those kind of goals in the third period. Carolina should be a good third period team, uh, but it does speak to a, uh, another problem that we'll get to here in a second. Uh, and last year, Carolina um, was just a tighter team uh, defensively, stingier, harder on pucks. Um, right now, uh, the Hurricanes, when they score three goals or less, uh, or I'm sorry, when they allow three goals or less, they are 11 and one. When they allow four goals or more, they are one, seven and one. And I think the alarming thing is, that in 22 games, nine times they have allowed four or more goals, four in uh, before the empty netter tonight, uh, and that was bad. All right, uh, real quick, Jake Gardner. Um, here's my read on Gardner. Uh, there was a reason why Jake Gardner was still available as a free agent into August this summer. And um, we can get seduced by what players used to be. And to me, Jake Gardner used to be a really good offensive player. He was injured 
uh, and a, had a back injury at the end of last year. Uh, but Gardner's play hasn't been what we all remember Gardner's play used to be uh, maybe the first four or five years of his career. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I guess I could be, uh, I could be underselling Gardner's effectiveness, um, but I really don't think he has helped the power play at all. That's been Dougie Hamilton uh, and the emergence of guys like, uh, you know, Andre Svechnikov. That's what's helped the power play. Carolina's got a top 10 power play in the league. Um, Gardner's unit, which was supposed to be the first unit, the second unit, uh, has really been just awful. Um, I'm not really sure why. I mean, I know why he's on it. He's not the problem on that unit, but he certainly hasn't been the solution on that that unit. But Jake Gardner defensively has just been a mess. He's a minus 12 this year. Jake Gardner is a minus 12. Remember, he was playing with Brett Pesci a lot. There was like uh, six, seven, eight games in the middle of the season where he was middle. We're not even at the middle of the season, but in the middle of these 22 games where he had kind of bumped up and started playing with Pesci. Um, but uh, he just has he just wasn't good. And Pesci wasn't as good with Gardner as Pesci is generally with Joel Edmondson. Um, I do understand the dilemma when you've got a guy making $5 million, you don't, you don't want to play him third-line minutes. Uh, but Jake Gardner's been right around 14 minutes the last four or five games. Uh, and he was uh, 13.46 tonight, and 2.31 of that was on the power play. So Jake Gardner played 11 minutes and 15 seconds at even strength. Now there were a bunch of penalties tonight, right? Jake Gardner doesn't kill penalties. But think about this. 11-15 at even strength, and Joel Edmondson was uh, in the box and served a 10-minute misconduct. That's a lot of time for, or not a lot of time for Jake Gardner when Joel Edmondson is off the ice for about 11 minutes because uh, Philadelphia scored relatively quickly on that power play. Uh, so that's, Jake Gardner's got to be better. I don't know if he can be. I really don't. Uh, there's, some, there's some things to deal with now. Let's answer a couple of questions, uh, and then we will, uh, we will dump on out of here. Uh, let's see, from Matthew. Any sense that the team might be shopping for a good fourth-line center? Um, all right, here's, um, uh, there's some question about if, when Halla is healthy. Uh, I don't believe Halla is going to be healthy for a while. Um, uh, he does say Wally seem Wally Walmart seems better suited for a third line role. Uh, yeah, but I don't think your team is going to be changed dramatically by a fourth line center. Um, I do think that they need to find, uh, if it's not another center, uh, you need to find another forward who can slot in your top nine uh, and play a heavy game. Um, this is missing from this team. This is not this is not a team that is going to grind out wins, and that's unfortunate. Uh, if all you need is a fourth line center, hell, you can bring up Clark Bishop from the minor leagues. Uh, so, um, and but I don't think they're going to do that right now. Uh, Itu Luster, Lusterinen who, by the way, I think will be a good player in time. Not a, not good enough to really have an impact yet. So I do think they're going to try and find another uh, another forward. Uh, remember, and I think ultimately this may happen, 
they can, and they did this a while, a, a bunch last year. You can always put Martinook in the middle. He's not a great center, but you can always put him in the middle and just throw Martinook, uh, McGinn, and Fogel out as a fourth line and just let him go, you know, bonkers in terms of forechecking and creating energy. I could see that happening. Uh, but uh, I don't see them going out and acquiring a fourth-line center. I don't know what that uh, would do. Um, and uh, Reed asks, uh, how do you think the Canes are shaping up for the playoffs at this rate? Long time from now, but worth asking. Well, it is a long time from now, and you never want to judge a team based on, uh, you know, after a bad game, just like you don't want to judge them after a good game, but I will judge them after 22 games. I think the team is good. I think the team is incredibly skilled and fast and should be able to score plenty of goals. I don't think this team is even close to as good defensively as they were a year ago. Um, The goaltending is obviously a question. Um, I think Mrazek is fine. I'm not worried about Peter. I don't want. I don't think the team wants him playing 50 to 55 games. I think they really want that number to be between 45 and 50. Um, I know that sounds like there is not that big a difference, but I think there is. Um, and I'm still not 100% sold on James Reimer, so we'll have to see what happens there. But I do think that Alex Nedeljkovic will be an option for them. But with all that said, Defense just hasn't been good enough. Uh, and if you just want to do it this way, last year, the um, the Falk, just talk about the absences and uh, the difference in Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Last year, Falk, DeHaan, and a healthy Van Riemsdyk. How much better was that than Edmondson, Gardner, and a not healthy Trevor Van Riemsdyk? That is a massive drop-off, and I think we're seeing that uh, in tight games in the third period uh, when uh, when Carolina lately has been given up a lot of goals. So those things are going to have to get rectified. Uh, if they don't get rectified, making the playoffs is going to be hard. Uh, the division, the conference is better. Think about right now, you got Toronto and Tampa outside the line. Outside the line, Toronto and Tampa, you have to figure at some point they're going to get better. So there you go. All right. Uh, we're not going to depress anybody. 5-3 uh, loss. They'll be back at it against Florida on Saturday night at PNC Arena. I'm Adam Gold. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.